0: Welcome to Hope Alive Side Notes. This is our Friday episode and it is always a uh, side note. And what I mean by that, we're going to uh, delve into something, maybe it's scriptural, Uh, Maybe it's cultural, maybe it's political, maybe it's economic, maybe it's uh, scientific, and we're going to look at it and allow uh, God's word to shed light on it and allow us to use it to see God's word and uh, see God in his numerous wonderful ways. And this morning, I want to actually go to the word. I just want to spend a little time in the word and uh, get a principle down for you so that uh, your bible study and your understanding of bible study can help you and maybe uh, this side note will put you in a position where you when you're studying the bible when you see god's word you'll see it in its uh, clarity better in exodus chapter 20 we see the 10 commandments and it says and god spoke all these words saying i'm the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of bondage what he's saying here. And if you use the pictures, Egypt is a picture of the world and bondage is a picture of sin. And what he's saying here is, I'm the Lord, your God, uh, Lord, meaning I, I, he's in charge. He's the one that's in charge. I'm the Lord, your God. And I brought you out of the bondage or the sin of this world. I delivered you from that. And we know that from John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's saying, I brought you out of that perishing. I brought you out of that death. I brought you out of that sin. And his first commandment, and this is very important. His first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. And Christians, especially young Christians, but all growing Christians love to place people on pedestals. We love to place other people on pedestals we love to find a pastor or or a mentor and we place them on a pedestal and and there's a difference between placing somebody on a pedestal or and honoring somebody or revering somebody those are two do- totally different things if i honor somebody because of some characteristic or some trait or something they've done for me if they have a special place in my heart a special place of meaning they have they have been somebody that is uh, of great importance in my life, it might be a parent, it might be a grandparent, it might be a teacher, it could be a pastor, it could be a friend that is a believer, a, a mentor, a discipler. All these people, uh, if they have invested in your life, they deserve that love, they deserve that affection, they deserve that uh, importance. But they do not deserve to be on the pedestal of your of your life. They don't do not deserve to be in the place of worship. We do not worship human beings except for the one human being who was God among us, Emmanuel. That's Jesus Christ. He is the only human being that we worship. And the reason we only worship him is because he was the only one who was able to take us from the of this world, from the debt of this world, and atone for that debt and bring us to newness of life. And placing other people on a pedestal is very, stunts your growth in, in, in your walk with uh, Jesus because he'll have no other gods before, me, before him. He says, uh, he says, I'm not going to allow you to have other gods in my place. I am the one God and you're going to serve me and serve me only. And So when we place people on pedestals, we put ourselves in a bad position and we put them in a bad position. We put them in a position that they can never really attain to. They always have to be perfect. They always have to do things. They always have to treat us in sometimes even in the way that we shouldn't be treated, but we think we should be treated. And they're always doomed to fail if you place them on a pedestal it's unfair for you to place other human beings on a pedestal and it's really unfair for a pastor to be placed on a pedestal because he's fallible he's going to make mistakes he's going to do things that are that don't work out the way everybody thought they would or even he thought they would and he is going to sin and his sin nature is ever before him just like your sin nature is ever before you And and when you place a human being, uh, a single individual on a pedestal, you do them a disservice. You don't do them justice. Honoring them for their love and their dedication and their affection and their hard work is, is absolutely biblical and it should be done but placing them in a place where uh, they're above all things and they really can't do any wrong is just, it's, it's against the Ten Commandments. It's a break with God's, God's character and God's nature. The Ten Commandments are the defining of his holiness. And when you place somebody up there equal to him, you make them holy. Well, we do that also when we study the Bible and that's really where I wanted to get to today. Uh, Oftentimes when we look in scripture, uh, We place the people in the Bible on a pedestal and uh, we say, boy, they were great. They were wonderful. Man, I just look up to them so much. And here's the problem. What you're really doing is you're really giving yourself an out. You're saying they are great and I'm not. And so I don't really have to struggle and strive to become all that God wants me to be because I'm not who they are. I'm not that great. You do that with your pastors also, and you do that with your spiritual mentors. Also, you place them on a pedestal and then that gives you an out That gives you a way to say, I'm not as good as them. I'm not as great as them. But here's the thing. You're right when you say you're not as good as them because they're not good either and you're not good and you're totally depraved and they're totally depraved the Bible says the heart of man is replete with wickedness it's completely wicked and you're right that you're not attaining to their level. But they're not attaining to God's level either. And so when you give yourself that out where uh, you don't have to walk by faith because you're following somebody who is or you don't have to uh, be refined in that fire because you really honor somebody who's been refined. What you're doing is you're saying, God, don't use me. God, don't don't refine me. God, don't don't place your focus on me because I want to, what you're really saying is, I I don't want to really do this Christian thing. I I just want to experience it tangentially. I want to, through osmosis, somehow get this this good life, this wonderful life. And that is devastating for your walk. And I can't uh, emphasize that enough. It is devastating for your walk, for you to place someone on a pedestal so you can give yourself an out. And really, that is what you're doing when you're when you're placing someone else on a pedestal. And even people in Scripture, David was a great man in the Old Testament. Uh, in fact, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And in fact, the throne that Jesus will sit on for the millennial kingdom, for the thousand-year reign, is the throne of David. And yet, he was intensely flawed he committed adultery and he had the husband of the of his adulteress killed he he counted his soldiers when God had strictly told him not to count his soldiers he did things in his life that were quite clearly born of his own emotions born of his own sin And uh, they were destructive for his life and for others' lives, even though he was a great man. Abraham, the great man, he was a great man of faith. But if you read the story, you realize how he struggled to actually walk in that faith all the time. God blessed him. God opened many doors for him. God made him into a greatness. But in the midst of that greatness, you see uh, sometimes that ability, inability to walk by faith and the, the fallibility of who Abraham was. And you see the struggle he had. Moses also. Moses really was not, he was totally not perfect. In fact, he made every excuse not to do what God wanted him to do. In fact, for those who love to pit place people on a pedestal, maybe Moses is the person you ought to study the most. He didn't want to do God's will. He, he didn't, he, he wanted to see God. He wanted to be in the presence of God. When he saw that burning bush on top of that mountain, he said, let me set aside and go and see this great wonder. He wanted to see the greatness of God. He wanted to see the wonder of God. But when God wanted to use him, boy, he made every excuse in the world not to be used. And uh, many times you can see him whining to God about the people and about the plan God had for his life. And of the people in the Bible, I would say Moses is definitely in the top five of the greatest people in the Bible. And, And yet he was intensely flawed and intensely fallible. The apostle Peter, probably the, the man in the New Testament other than Paul, and by the way, Paul also in his own unique way, they the, the two men in the New Testament who probably are the most well-known for following Jesus, for preaching the gospel, for being leaders in his church, how fallible, how intensely how intensely flawed they were. Peter's just a redneck fisherman, if you want to know the truth. He's got no credentials. He's got nothing to bring to the table. And yet his passionate faith is what God used. And even in the midst of that passionate faith, oftentimes he didn't chase after God. He said things that were clearly not from the Spirit. He he operated in his own flesh. Wow, what a man of faith, and wow, what an intensely flawed man he was. And Paul, he killed Christians before God called him to the ministry. He was a murderer, and yet God used him in great and powerful and wonderful ways. And obviously, you, as you go through Scripture, even Mary, who is the virtuous woman, who God chose to be the bearer of his own son— uh didn't believe and didn't trust God in every way. One time she even went with her uh, other sons and tried to get Jesus and take him home because she believed him to have gone mad. She went through all that stuff and being conceived by the Holy Spirit and seeing the angels and being told by God so many times what to do and uh, how to do it. And yet when uh, things got tough and things seemed to be going awry, she didn't trust God, and she went and actually felt like her son Jesus maybe had lost it. How can God lose his mind? He doesn't. We're the ones who lose our mind. And so you can see what a wonderful handmaid she was, what a wonderful woman she was, what a powerful woman of faith she was, and yet she was flawed just like every one of us. And there's nobody in Scripture, no person in Scripture other than Jesus himself who wasn't flawed, who was an intense wicked in their own heart, and who weren't a person who needed a Savior, and that Savior was Jesus Christ and is Jesus Christ. And so you are one who is in need of a Savior, and God's got great works for you in the road and in the path to come. And that path is your path. It's been made by God for you. But you need not place people on pedestals, honor people who love you, honor people who invest in, into you, honor people who make a difference in your life and hold a very special place in your heart for them because they are they're the people who God used to do great things for you, but even in the midst of that, even in the midst of that, never place them in the place of God. It's unfair to them and it's a cop out for you and it is it can be a stunning of your own growth and your own personal walk and your own personal faith. And I would encourage you never, ever to do that. I would encourage you to only place God on the throne of your heart, only place Jesus in the preeminent spot and walk by faith and not by sight and allow the spirit of God uh, to lead you and guide you and teach you each and every day and to show you your, your sin so that he can overcome it and to show you your power and your life so that you can walk in it. And uh, I pray that'll be the case for you. In fact, I have every expectation that it will be because I know my God and I know how much he loves me and I know how much he loves those around me. And surely he loves you also because we're flawed, you're flawed, and his love overcomes those flaws. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope, And peace today in Jesus' name.